Hello and welcome to the Contemporary Art Tasmania podcast series, What Are You Looking At? I am your host, Thea Connell, and in this episode we are discussing Artist to Artist, a project that was facilitated by Contemporary Art Tasmania over August and September of this year. Artist to Artist was a suite of four solo exhibitions created by four artists and presented in rapid-fire succession across four consecutive Fridays. Pip Stafford and I caught up with project curator Kylie Johnson and participating artists Megan Walsh, Peter Waller and Paul Zika to have a conversation around some of the aims, outcomes and complexities of the project. You first. Well, me. (laughs) My name's Thea Connell. I am the host of the Contemporary Art Tasmania podcast and we're here today to talk to three of the artists involved in the Artist to Artist project. Meta curated by Kylie? I was thinking that's a good term for you, meta meta curator. I'm not sure. I've struggled with that the terminology. Yeah. Curatorial director sounds a bit fancy, really, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotta have curator in there somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe um, Meg, would you mind introducing yourself and just giving us a quick Sure, my name's Meg Walsh and I was curated, my work was curated by uh, Sydney-based artist Justine Williams and I'm a painter and that was the nature of the project, although Justine did uh, ask me to stretch the boundaries of my practice. Mm -hmm. And what was it titled? The Spill. The spill. The spill. Great. Paul, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, so I'm Paul Zika. Um, I was the first cab off the rank. Um, and I worked with Jacob Leary um, in the evolution of a, a work, one work, that consisted of some existing works that he'd selected from my studio, um, some new works that hadn't been seen before, and some very old works. And then as the third part of that configuration, that orchestration of work, um, he conceived and in fact designed another number of panels, which then in the end made up the full work. Thank you. Pete, would you mind doing us the great honour? Hey, I'm uh, Peter Waller. I uh, work with, well that is, I was curated by, uh, directed by Makata Gleave. Uh, my work was uh, named Tertium Organum. Um, uh, it was an installation composition. Great. Well, thanks for coming in, everyone. Kylie, do you want to introduce yourself too? Uh, Kylie Johnson. I uh, am the curatorial director, or came up with the overarching curatorial premise for the exhibition, uh, and put the artists together. And I guess that was the most successful part of my, um, well, the most important part of, of that curatorial matching was who worked with who. Mm. Maybe that's an interesting place just to start before we dig into each project is how did you kind of um, deal with the idea of curating curators and do you think that 
you being the overarching curator in some ways gives you more um, validity in that role than say the two artists involved in each project because if we're talking artist to artist um, do you think that you were setting up a collaboration or, or an actual cura curator artist scenario? Well you could argue that any um, curator artist relationship is collaborative um, but it was important well I wanted artists to work together that I thought had some um, already had some things within their practice that were similar or that they could flesh out or that there was a, um, a space where they could leave off from. Uh, so it was important that the, the pairings, that each, each art, the artist that was exhibiting and the artist that was curating would potentially be able to get something out of that process. So that was my starting game. And also um, that, that there would be a mix of early career, mid-career, established um, practitioners from, from quite different fields. Yeah. Could you maybe just quickly mention to the listeners what the format for the Artist to Artist project was? Sure. So it was uh, four groupings of two artists. One artist was um, the exhibiting artist and the other artist was the curating artist. Now, I, there was a lot of space within this and um, it was important to me that I didn't set down the parameters too heavily. So in um, Paul's case with Jacob, it probably became more like um, the presentation factor. So Jacob was actually involved in collaborating on a work. So I think that stretched the boundaries between um, the curator-artist relationship there as well. And there was quite a lot of talk about that in terms of making works together. Um, and I quite liked the idea that there was, there was no rules that were set in stone. Everything could be quite malleable there. Mm -hmm. And so this was over four weeks? Four weeks. It was a sort of rapid-fire presentation. It was a bit of an experiment like that. It was probably quite daunting for everybody putting their work up quickly, or some putting their work up quickly. Um, so every Friday night for four weeks there was an opening and, they, and the gallery was divided in half so the first exhibition would open which was Paul and Jacobs and then the next exhibition which was Peter and Michaela's and then they would, um, the first exhibition would then be taken down so at any one time after the first exhibition was up there would be two, two shows in the gallery. I think it's also important to note and I was quite surprised by this that there was new work developed it was quite a tight time frame and I was surprised how, um, how everybody took to, the, took to the concept with gusto and created new work. And so Paul would have used um, some old work within that installation, but the installation itself was new. Yeah. I think, yeah. mm. And Paul, did you find that important for you and for your and Jacob's relationship as artist to artist to really um, flesh out the potential of work rather than just pick and choose? And yeah, and um, I, I've only just listened to the interview that we did, you know, that's some months old now, but I've been away. Um, but, um, and it's, we, we talk about it a lot in that interview, um, which was done at the time that, that was actually the day after we hung the work, um, with the work behind us. But, but that was really important for me and also important for uh, Jacob too 
that in a sense it, it became more than just a selection, a rehang. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't necessarily want to go over all that stuff in the interview again, but, but that, was, um, that was really important for both of us, that we got something else, capital E-L-S-E, -E, out of it, mm -hmm. you know, out of the whole process. Make sure I don't. <laughs> um, great. Do you have any questions you want to contribute? Yeah, I'm. Um, well, I wrote down this afternoon when I was emailing Thea about it. I'm interested in. Uh, so our last episode of our podcast, we did about art in festivals, and we talked to artists and festival uh, directors about what it means to make art for a festival environment when you really do have to think about not only the, the uh, location of the artwork but also the audience and who's going to um, negotiate it and look at it. And I'm interested in how this sort of project that focuses really heavily on the artist and the relationships and the networking and the collaboration changes or contributes to your art practice uh, in that might be different to an artwork that's really f outwardly focused? Or was there a difference? Not for me necessarily. I don't, I don't necessarily make work about something as such, um, even though this was followed the title of a book of my, my work, Tertium Organ. Uh, I try to respond to the space, try to respond to the geometry, um, the lighting conditions and those sorts of things. So, uh, and, and because I start out each project anyway not knowing what, what even my practice is, that, that um, it, it, it was the same process for me. I think. Well, I just, um, one of the, when this project I guess the incubator of this project was thinking about how um, the intimacies of developing work and how and the relationships that go into developing work and how that influences um, practice and exhibitions and it was in contrast to those less less per, um, personal spaces which is often um, works that are developed for festivals are almost like the touring model. And so this was to be a quieter, more intimate space than how I perceive a lot of those spaces in festivals. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that's what you're yeah, getting um, at, Pip. Yeah, I think too there's, and it's something that we just sort of talk casually about here as well between ourselves about, you know, those relationships that you develop through doing these projects and how that contributes to your art practice and what that means for the work that's made. As opposed to a situation where you're sort of left to your own devices, you're just making a work, it's going out into the public, there it is. Mm. I, I'll, I'll speak to that in that I think um, Justine really provoked me to expand my practice and actually it was really hard work and I didn't really kind of get to the point that she might have expected um, of me, but I found it so productive um, and exciting that that 
occurred, there was risk. There was quite a lot of risk so um, involved, well, I felt, you know, for my own work. So I was really trying to stretch myself in a direction that I knew I wanted to go. So it was a very, very smart coupling um, from that point of view. Um, yeah, so... Do you think being, both being artists kind of pushes that and you feel maybe more responsive to expand and be more generous with one another than, say, a more traditional curator-artist relationship? Uh, I can, I can, it goes back to Kylie's role in that probably Justine had a little bit of what I needed and I knew that myself even though I couldn't take it on as much as I could have but I also um, didn't want to do Justine's work which would have been really easy to, to do so to sort of navigate that, That's a really that territory um, because that would have been expected that would have been all the easy way to do it or yeah so um, it was sort of quite an intimate challenge to one's own practice right at, at the coalface rather than you know in, in engaging with pre-existing or spectacular works that you know you know they've got to tick all those mm. boxes of OHS etc. I'd I'd say I'd, uh, there's a number of questions, but if we your just your last question um, for me, I'd say yes, it was quite different to the normal inverted commas relationship between an artist and a curator. Um, but then um, that is that you know a curator decides on. Um, exhibition concept and then may at the time of deciding on the concept then may decide on certain artists or goes about selecting artists as a result of developing that concept and in a sense the artist is pretty much at the at the command of the curator's concept um, so it's different in that um, number one yes the curator was a participating artists and so was probably coming at it and also Kylie's selection meant that they were coming at it um, there might have been a collision or there might have been a friction or there might have been something but there were also a lot of synergies as well mm. more than just simply I want you to be in the show um, mm. I've also worked as a curator over a long period of time um, but a curator who also wants to work quite intuitively in installing the work because I think quite often curators don't actually know how to install work they might select the works but they don't necessarily know how to install it artists sometimes don't know how to install their work I, I have no idea Justine right. so, knows how to install yeah, work. Yeah, so, you know, well, she's, a, well, she's an installation artist, so yeah, you, would, yeah. you would hope that she would. So, yeah. anyway, so, so yes, I think, I think that, yeah, for different reasons, and I can't speak for Peter because I wasn't actually here, so I can see, but, but, yes, for me, it was different, right, a different scenario, situation. Also, there's another thing, and that is that I had, I know Jacob, I was his supervisor for his masters, so you know. So, to, but to come back to it, come back to sort of what Meg was saying. I was up for doing, you know. I was up for it to mm. do something 
else. You know, that thing about else, to do something other, to do something different, to do something that wasn't just um, some more um, works that I would end up showing in a gallery as part of a show of mine. Um, but there was a point where there was an uncertainty because I wanted Jacob to come up with it, in a sense. The pressure was on him to come up with something else. Mm. Um, so I was sort of confident, I was prepared to put him, myself in his hands, but at the same time, as we joked about, I didn't want to waste my time. Now, I, that thing about the festival business, I think that's something quite different, unless, I mean, I would say that quite often works for a festival are for a short period of time. Mm. I think maybe... They're in a different location, maybe. They're different, you know, they're not just in a white box. Whereas here, this was about being in a white box. Um, you know, in it may be half a white box, but yeah. a white I, box. I, I don't want it comes in here quite significantly, though, because um, for festivals, they're often pitching to um, general um, audience and uh, interested audience. audience. Sure. Whereas at CAT, a lot of our audience is made up of artists, um, and this show was definitely supported by artists, other artists. That was quite strong. And I think I probably inadvertently set up a dichotomy with that question between this project and art in festivals, which wasn't my, um, well, that's intention. not what I mean. it wasn't my intention. It's just that our previous episode was about that, and it just seemed right, like right. such, like op yeah, opposite mm. things. Mm. And well, this has a development factor also mm. built into it. Um, it's it's not a it's not a great word for development, yeah. um, but it was. I was hoping that um, everybody could get something out of this as well. Mm. So often when you're putting a work in a show, it doesn't have that built in um, that that development thing built into it so explicitly. It might exist, but it, this, it was a very explicit part of this project. Mm. The going back to the question about the artists and the curators thing, it just there's another thing in that these were probably more like commissions. Um, I think that was your intention anyway. Uh, you know, you wanted something new, you wanted something different. I didn't actually. Oh, want, right, I was right. um, I was quite open. This is one of those projects where the parameters were very wide here, right. and I didn't want to be too prescriptive. So we set down this framework. And there was so much space in it, and I wanted to see what happened. Right. So it was kind of an experiment. Yeah. But the other thing is that we weren't each being included in some overall, you know, a predetermined curatorial mm. Um, mm. notion. In a sense, that evolved in the discussion in the pairs. Mm -hmm. And maybe right. it was testing that. Yeah, idea of what of is curation is or what how do you differentiate collaboration from curation mm. and maybe that's the space you were trying to explore that, that yes or yes allow um, room to discuss yes um, but it's also fair to say that um, I, I mean I wasn't expecting new work as I've mentioned and I wasn't expecting um, oh, you weren't expecting new work. no I don't know why. It seems <laughs> obvious now we've done it. <laughs> um, and I wasn't expecting the artist to go with it 
with, with such energy and um, openness and generosity. There was every every pairing put so much work in. Um, when I, I was quite staggered when Amanda and Pat started putting the work on the walls, and I knew that this dialogue was going, and they were they approached it in a, in an interesting way where there was. It was very intense, the amount of material they were passing between each other and the dialogue. Um, and Amanda had just painted and painted and painted. <laughs> it was a massive amount of work in there, in the space. So it was very pleasing. I'm wondering about, because Paul, you said that um, you supervised Jacob. Um, and so that's one sort of power dynamic there. And, and you were saying that you felt really pushed in a good way. Mm. Um, and I challenge. just challenge, yeah. and I just wonder about that power dynamic between an artist and a curator, and how that played out with each pairing. Mm. I didn't. I, I felt like there there was not a power relation, and I went, I'd sort of thought about that very consciously beforehand that there wouldn't be a disparity between us that, that we'd be on the same level so I did really think about that before and that generosity I think was quite an important thing that came into play with the reciprocation but it's interesting because with curatorial mixing up curatorial models which is sort of happening at Mona at the time when I think of curators I do think of a power dynamic or I think that sometimes that the, the, it's about the curator but, I mean, I made the point when Kylie first rang me about, you know, me working with Jacob. Uh, you know, I supervised him quite a while ago and we've maintained as quite a strong contact um, to do with a whole range of professional things, mainly me supporting him in his endeavours. And I really wanted to turn that, if there was, if there was a power thing, mm. Um, I really wanted to turn that around. That's why I keep saying I was up for it. I wanted him to come up with, mm. for him to drive it, you know, um, to be open to that. Yeah. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I was thinking, look, if there was uh, a power dynamic with me and Michaela, I was oblivious to it. It's not to say that it wasn't there, but I think, you know, so she was, she, while she hadn't heard of my work, I'd obviously heard of hers. And, and, and followed it. Um, so she uh, spent a lot of time listening to me, which was amazing enough. So there, that, if there was going to be a power dynamic, that dissolved it in the sense that she just sat and listened. And in that way, is like consultant an uh, interesting word to use? Well, she effectively held up a mirror to, to what I, to my practice, I suppose, the stuff that, that when I was trying to explain what my practice so far as I understood it uh, is uh, she uh, was obviously taking notes and was reflecting those back to me later on and said you, you she sort of told me you know but yeah you, you mentioned the word rarefied is this because I'd, I'd passed her a thing that I I was thinking of at that point and she said is this that rarefied and basically by doing so she gave voice to it what was a, just a niggling part of me that um, uh, wasn't content with what I had done but you know, it was in the right direction. But um, so uh, she, she it effectively, it felt like she was. She helped me be more me, or helped me speed up the process of being me. And that um, you know, kept throwing those checks back to me that um, uh, 
I needed, perhaps. Yeah. But power, I don't know what the power is in that form. You know. Well, what do you reckon about it? Well, how do you reckon it turned out? I mean, I you think it was a lovely dance. You, you, <laughs> you had the idea at all, you know. Um, it's been one of the more pleasurable things that I've been involved with in that um, putting together capacity um, because I think the pairings worked. And um, in terms of my personal practice, it is about that um, um, brokering and um, the relationships between people in those, um, those very difficult to quantify spaces and setting those up. And I think it worked very well. I'm very happy with it. The quality of the work was fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm hopeful that it will there'll be, be kind of like a slow burn and there will be something that comes out of this for the longer term, whether it's, as you were talking, Pete, where those, those, that mirror back at you and helped you um, I don't know, get somewhere faster than you would if you're on your own. For me, that's that's a win. That's great. Yeah. And I would say that um, Pat and AJ will also have. Um, they were friends before this process, but working in that very condensed, intense way, I think they've got to a space where they'll continue to work in some, some way, whatever that is. That particular pairing, I must say, made a lot of people around Hobart happy. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people I spoke to. Yeah, but these are the things that you don't that people don't necessarily do on their own. That was a very obvious one. Some of the pairings may not have been that obvious. That one needed, yeah, needed to happen. <laughs> but then, but it's interesting though that they were friends. But it sounds like they really said, "But you know, we've got the business to do now." Yes, you know, sometimes really, you need the parameters. Yeah, you know, they weren't sort of soft mm. on each other. That was like, "Well, we better get down to work." Mm. You know? Yeah, they worked very hard. You know. Which is interesting. Um, I enjoyed the freedom of it. I enjoyed um, that it wasn't super prescriptive, and that it wasn't artists trying to fit into an idea that was laid down. That it was their own practice. They know their own practice inside out. That's the space that they could work in, and I found that um, quite a lovely thing to watch. Just lastly, Kylie, because we're going to be releasing the videos with the podcast. Can you talk about that process no. just briefly? The, that and was not as um, much fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because I don't have experience within that space and uh, I, um, you know, the camera tackling that um, is not an easy scenario. Uh, I wanted to give the audience an opportunity to see some of the stuff that had been happening in the studios, in the conversations with the pairings. Uh, because that's the that's the meat of the situation a lot of the time, and I was hoping that something would come out of that, and yeah, because what you see in the gallery is what you see in the gallery. There's lots of layers going on underneath. Mm. Great. That's but do you, th you don't you don't think it did in the interviews or what? Um, I think uh, I think it touched on it. Right. Uh, but I think I will be better if I, next time, if I do something right. like this. It's about my experience and drawing the material out as much as, yeah, it's about setting it up. So setting up these pairings, that I've done that before and I, and I feel very comfortable doing that, but the interview process and setting up, okay, now we talk, that's different. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't a bar. 
I think there's one thing niggling with me that I'm finding interesting is why why wasn't it premised as a collaborative, like setting up a collaborative project where both artists are both being their own artists. And so what was the, like the, I guess, bringing their practice together, practices together equally rather than having one as a curator and... Well, I wonder if it wasn't maker. equal. If it wasn't? I wonder, I wonder if it wasn't an equal scenario. I mean, sure, there was one person making and doing the work to make. Yeah. But um, I don't see that whether the hierarchy and the power. I mean, I, I wasn't in the studio with these guys when they were doing it, when they were talking and, and making it happen. But I didn't see the hierarchies there in terms of the power structure, and I also didn't see the the, um, the hierarchies in terms of the presenting and the non-presenting. Everybody they were in. Everybody was in doing it. Yeah. Um, you, Meg, and Peter might think slightly different here because you did actually have to put the work together it did take a lot of time yeah yeah I guess it was just you know the thing of not not being a collaboration when new like if new work was still something that was coming up I'm not quite sure what you mean because I think it was very collaborative the process yeah no I agree I think it totally was I mean I think that was the outcome I, what I guess I'm you talking mean about the, the premise work. of the curating artist and the making artists and where the authorship might sit within each exhibition. Well, it's nothing's a, ever done on its own, ever, yeah. you know. No, but if you, but if you, but, if, but I, this is what I, because I haven't discussed this with Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wondered whether, I always wondered whether when people came in to see my work, mm-hmm. because I was the artist, he was the curator, did people wonder whether or not it was in fact a collaborative work. Yes, they did. Yeah, and and that was a, it was a really nice um, bent on yeah. the artist collaborator there. Because yeah. Artist, sorry, artist and curator there, because Jacob did become part of the I don't know the incubating of of new mm. of that new work. Yeah, no, that that not only the incubation, the actual because I think what you're getting at is that the two artists might have actually made the work, work together. together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, because someone could come in and could have looked at that and thought, oh, Jacob did that bit and Paul did that bit. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and in fact, he did. I just actually physically did it. Um, but in fact, he designed it. But it was based on my work. But, but at I the think same time, do that a lot of the time mm-hmm. anyway, and mm-hmm. people that you uh, that you have conversations with. It, that the whole idea of owning ideas and, and things like this is um, it's a difficult space to talk about because we've all had conversations that have led on to projects or works or ideas that have been started by somebody else. So yeah, where, I think where that's do you draw the, the line? I was trying to mm. get at. Yeah, the boundaries were quite poor. And if I exhibit, yeah, if I both ex- ways, and yeah. yeah, if I exhibit one section of that work again, I would exhibit it as Jacob Leary and Paul Zika, not as Paul Zika. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it would be as a collaborative work. And um, um, AJ really wanted to work <laughs> on a, on a work with Pat, and uh, Pat was like, no. We, this is the way we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may, that may happen, though. This sounds happy. Yeah. 
That's a power relationship. Yeah. <laughs> All power in one way or another. <laughs> Thank you for listening to What Are You Looking At? A podcast edited and produced by Pip Stafford and myself, Thea Connell, for Contemporary Art Tasmania. We'd like to thank our interviewees, Kylie Johnson, Peter Waller, Megan Walsh and Paul Zeker for their time and insights into the Artist to Artist project. Alongside this episode, we have released video interviews with the artists and curators involved in the project. These videos were created by Angus Ashton for Contemporary Art Tasmania. The music is by Josh Santospirito. Contemporary Art Tasmania is a professional level public presentation platform dedicated to developing contemporary art in Tasmania. To find out more about our programs, head to www.contemporaryarttasmania.org. What are you looking at can be found on our website as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud.